Hey everybody, welcome to Context Free. This is Jason K. And this is Jason M. This week, uh, we're going to talk about a couple uh, nominated games that we both just played together and I've been playing quite a bit of this month. Nominated by who? Nominated by some German awards committees that I'm not going to <laughs> attempt to pronounce anymore because I'm so bad at pronouncing them, but nonetheless, award nominated people in the board game community know what I'm talking about. SDJ, uh, Game of the Year in, in Germany. Um, so I want to play both those, ne- neither of which I admit I have plunked down my dollars for. I've just either print and played or used mm. other components to play. I think both of them lend themselves well to that. Uh, had a really fun month of, of game and played a, quite a few new things, so we'll we'll hit some of those. You, um, on the video side, have been playing... I've been playing Tacoma. Tacoma. Uh, and also a little Assassin's Creed Origins. Assassin's Creed Origins. And I, I, I guess I, I completed um, God of War, so... Okay, um, cool. I, I'm still thumbs up on that. Still really pretty. Awesome. Really fun game. I have not played too much new uh, in terms of video games. I'll talk about a couple things maybe when you're talking. Uh, played a little bit of Dungeon of the Endless, which is a couple-year-older mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of hard to get into, but interesting. Um, continue playing Slay the Spire, which uh, I just love. And a little bit of the Tomb of Annihilation D&D adventure game that's on Steam which I think I'm already tired of. Uh, so <laughs> starting off, I first wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been listening and sticking with us uh, every month. It's been, uh, it's been a good ride. Uh, just taking a, taking a little break to talk about games and, and the stuff we like and different topics around games. Uh, have you enjoyed all of our gaming topics, Jason? Have I enjoyed all of our gaming topics? Or have you not enjoyed? Something? No, I do. I, I, I kind of like, I kind of like our meta stuff. You know, we, and, and I think you especially have some, some pretty good meta themes that we have a big backlog on. <laughs> yeah, we, we um, do, which we, we're not sure we'll get to those today. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. but, but yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of the places I have fun. So. Yeah, I've I've had a, also a good month just reaching out with some of the podcasts I've been listening to. I've been listening to of Dyson Men. I've been mm-hmm. listening to Pick Up and Deliver. So Brendan there and uh, Chad and and the other guys at uh, of Dyson Men and just participating in their guilds a little bit on BGG. That's been fun. They're both smaller um, as opposed to you know some of the real eight hundred pound gorillas in the right in, in that space where it's like those things are already established. It's been kind of fun connecting with uh, with those folks. And I, I just, I, I like that, that kind of personal connection. I like what of Dyson men did. They put a little questionnaire out for everyone of just kind of getting to know everyone. Now that that was neat. Just, just seeing who's listening. Um, so that, that's, that's been cool. And, you know, again, if, if you have any ideas for things you'd like us to chat about, want to hear us talk about, uh, you can get in touch with me at, uh, kegs at, on Twitter, K E G Z. And would love to also kegs on uh, board game geek uh, as well. So that would be that would be great. So what did we? What did I just subject you to? What did you subject me to? <laughs> it was uh, two games by the same designer, right? Which, which... Wolfgang Wolfgang Warsh Warsh. Yes. Oh, well, I I mean they were, they were both fun. Uh, they were not similar. Right. So, um, so except what were for their they? abstractiness. What were they? Well, I can read the cards, which will be totally wrong. One's called the mind. And the other one's called Gantz Schön. What? Clever. 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 Right. Very pretty clever. Very... So in our house, we just call it the dice game. The dice game. Yeah. Yeah. So we play that quite a bit. Um, been playing a lot just at lunchtime. Uh, it's, you, you know, it's certainly of from the, the roots of of Yahtzee in terms of, you know, you're, you're rolling dice on your turn, trying to make scores, but that's kind of where that 
comparison ends. Yeah, it kind of it kind of it more looks like Yahtzee than plays like Yahtzee. Right. It plays more like some type of a Euro game or something. Right. But there's just dice. So I just printed out some sheets. I laminated them at uh, the FedEx store, mm-hmm. and you know, just get a wet erase and just you know reuse those all the time. And um, you know, you're going for a score. You can play solo, play against each other. It's it's got a Cool thing. There's six different colored dice. So mm-hmm. there's orange, green, purple, blue, white, and yellow. You, you're going to roll those dice. And, and the clever thing in it is that whatever die you take, so like sixes often are good to take, but if you take the higher die you take, that means that you can't re-roll those lower dice because they're, they're out of play, right? So if and you in take, fact, you're yeah. making them available to the other person. You're making them available to the other person. There's not a ton of interactions game. There's like a tiny little bit. Uh, that's really kind of it. Um, but you're going for that score. The, the thing about it, which I was saying that really kind of makes my, my brain happy is, is getting those combos to work, right? There's a lot of, okay, if I get this far on the purple track, then I get to mark off a blue thing or I get to mark off a yellow thing. And so you're looking for how you can use the dice. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's like a lot of dice placement games that are board games like Castles of Burgundy or, you know, Sagrada or Role Player, some of these other uh, popular dice mm-hmm. placement games, right? Where you're actually taking the dice and placing them on a board like to, you know, right. do, do a thing. So in this case, you're just doing them purely for points. Like there's zero theme. It's just all right. But so each, each color has their own kind of board space, right? Yep. Where, where you are choosing to, you know, apply a color or apply a dice. You're choosing which one to use, so you're you're kind of punished by choosing the more valuable ones earlier in the in the process. But you're also, you know, you have a a, a kind of a game space for each die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is where that strategy comes in, right? So each one has its own kind of not meta game, but 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 its own kind of little sub game that you're playing to kind of right. increase scores on. Exactly right. And and another thing that it has is you you can't just uh, get a huge amount of you can get a huge amount of points in one in say purple and like ignore orange right but if you do you'll be penalized at the end because there's these uh, foxes so I just realized both of these games have kind of a an element to them that doesn't really I guess foxes are clever the non sequiturs yeah the non sequiturs so this has foxes and if you get to certain points on each of these tracks you get a fox and then so if you end up with three foxes then you get three times whatever your lowest score is so if your lowest score was 20 in purple then you get three times 20 and you get 60 points so like in the the game we played i had four foxes so i got four times whatever my lowest score was usually i end up with three foxes four was so 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 basically you can't ignore one of the kinds of die right Right. because you'll get punished but you you won't get this this fox multiplier right so the the reason i i really have a lot of fun with this and and say my wife has a lot of fun with it is it's a lot like playing um you're just playing for high score, really. You're not, you know, it's something you can, like, right. while you're eating a sandwich, you can play this game. You don't really need, you know, it's, it's very much like a, you could play it at a bar. I mean, very, very simple. But going for that high score, you know, like you would in like a, like a old school style arcade game, mm-hmm. right? It, it has that same thing of like, oh, I, I want to get my, my best score I can. Um, I mean, or, it has, it has uh, that chaining combos effect, right? Because as you go along, you yep. get certain benefits and those kind of cascade. So, and that, that's a lot of fun because when you get those and you mark off four or five X's in one turn, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's kind of that same thing. Like if you're playing some, uh, beat em up game and you just get that combo, combo, combo <laughs> one after another, you know? And so that's, it's good. Um, really 
you know, happy I printed it out. And we've, I've played it with like three. I mean, it's one of these games where it kind of gets worse with more people because you're just waiting around. Right. So there's not, there's so little interaction. There's so little interaction. It doesn't add anything. So we find it's best to just play the two of us. Um, But also sometimes if I'm just, you know, after work or something, just kind of relaxing, just pull out the dice, roll the dice, and then Mm -hmm. she might go, she'll go, oh, I'll play too. You know, and it's just that type of thing. So super casual. A um, little surprising to me that to be nominated for a, uh, an award, you know, it's it, it doesn't feel like there's enough stuff hanging off of it to, like, really bring people <laughs> into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have, like, oh, you're a traitor doing this. It has... There's no theme. There's no theme at all. Yeah. and the, but But it's really replayable, especially once you get that kind of... Yeah figuring out the rhythm of, of chaining those combinations together. Right. So there's right. something kind of satisfying about finding that, that space to really get yep. the, my kids really enjoy it too. Yeah. I think it's pretty fun. So I've played that probably almost every other day. Right. But, on average. but what does the Fox say? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Dumb. So that is, why don't you pronounce it? Cause Oh God. Oh my. So GSC, I like to say, or the Gans, dice game. Ganz schön clever. I, I, I'm butchering it. It's right. Like what? Very pretty clever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, so another game mm. by the same designer, and this is off the description, I believe on the back of the, the box is it's called the mind. The mind is more than just a game. It's an experiment, a journey, a team experience in which you can't exchange information yet will become one to defeat all the levels of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so you come in at a couple of times that, this is all a bit silly. No, it, it, it's it's silly but fun. Silly, right? Not, um, yeah, it it it's an interesting experience. So right. the mind is a deck of cards from one to a hundred. Mm. So it's a hundred cards, and depending on how many players you're playing with, I've I've played it two, three, and four players, and I think four is the best. Though uh, Jason and I just played it two. You and I just played it two. Um, Every round, you get the number of cards that's the round. So in the first round, you get one card. Second round, you get two cards, etc. The goal of the game is that without communicating, without speaking, or giving any sort of you know, hand signals that would say what cards you have, your goal is, as a team, to play the cards in ascending order that you have. So say in the first round, I have a 22 and you have a 64, right? I'm going to kind of lean into the into the play mine a little bit earlier than you. And hopefully I get that 22 down before you're 64. And you're trying to connect on the internal timing <laughs> of the team. Right. And so then, or you lose a life, like it's a video game. Exactly. So you, <laughs> so you have, you have lives. And as you go through each round, you, you might get a reward for, you know, more lives, which is basically allow, uh, you know, how many times you can screw up. Mm. So if I put, let's say we both started off in that first round and I had a 50 and you had a 52 and pretty tough right right and you put the 52 down first because i had a card lower we would lose a life right Right. so you start off with the number of lives equal to the number of players and then at certain intervals you get you can get more lives um you also have uh shurikens or throwing stars right that another non sequitur (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why they're throwing stars that now the game mechanic makes sense, but calling them a throwing star is what we're, we're confused. Exactly. By. Yeah. yeah. So the game mechanic's cool. The game mechanic is like, if you, if you, everyone raises their hand, so one person can say stop and raise their hand. And if everyone else raises their hand in agreement, then everyone else gets to also, everyone discards their lowest card. So that not only gets a card out of play, 
but it also gives everyone some information because you know that all the cards they have remaining are higher than that. So hopefully you can get through that round without losing any more lives. So I, I played a few times previously. It's the sort of game I feel is a bit of a fad. Like I don't feel like I'll be playing this, you know, years in the future or mm. anything, but it's, it's, it's very fad-like and it's certainly something that you, you could introduce to absolutely anybody. Like, <laughs> I mean, non, any non-gamer, you could just be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they get into it. Um, what was your experience as we were playing? Um, I, I thought it was fun. It was one of those, one of those things that you, one of those things that you really kind of have to engage with to get right. Like, um, you know, the, the, uh, the audible or the listening to a description of it. Okay. You, you kind of get it, but right. You know, it's like, uh, it's like some of those other kind of faux non-communication games where, you know, we're moving characters around or, or whatever. Right. Like it's, 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 it's more of an experience game than a game game. Right. Um, Right, like if someone described to you how to play charades, you might be like, that may or not may or may not appeal to you, depending on exactly. your, your social comfort or, yeah. or whatever. But when you play charades with the right group and you're into it, you, you spontaneously laugh. And you, there's a certain element of just <laughs> like we spontaneously laughed a number of times, uh-huh. just just because of what the game elicits in terms of your connection with another person, mm-hmm. right? Which I, I think is it's kind of sublime in a way. It's, yeah, it's. Something that that is hard for a game to do, um, but you just you just laugh. I'm trying to think what it's like. Where where um, it's almost like one of those things when you're a kid, you just have a staring contest, right? You have a staring contest of who can stare at the other person without laughing, <laughs> and you end up just having a good time laughing just through staring at one another through that that connection with the other person because you're sitting here with the card and you're kind of like. Should I play it? Should I not? And you're trying to read the other person of like, how forward are they trying to be with what they're doing? And right. it's, it's, it's like social deduction in a way that's not like other social deduction games of like figuring out who the traitor is, mm-hmm. right? It's like social deduction in a way of trying to just read people. Yeah. And I think you'd get really good at it together, right? You'd get your own cadence of how to play. And it's also co-op, right? Like, which most of those social deduction games aren't right. When you say there's a traitor, there's someone else, right. You're trying to figure out who's doing what in the game. Right. And you're, you're changing the meaning of social deduction. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, So how would you compare it to say magic maze, which was also (laughs) co-op and silent, right? To me, that was magic maze more frustrating. Yeah. This was much more fun, much more fun than magic. Like magic maze would make you want to choke each other. And this one makes you just want to laugh. Right. Like the tension, the tension, it has a different uh, structure, I think in this game. And it's funny because in, in the mind, one of you can totally screw up. I mean, it's not like, right. But you don't really get mad because how can you get mad? Yeah. You, you have so little information. So, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> what am I going to get upset with you because you played the sixty two and I had the sixty one? We did we did preposterously well a couple times. We did preposterously. There well. were I think three times we had consecutive cards that we played in the correct order, right? Which is alternating, which is lucky. I mean, yeah. there's no other way to say, it, but yeah. it's just getting luck. Yeah, and alternating it wasn't always you or or always me. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think whereas in Magic Maze you're sitting there waiting for the other person to do something and they're not. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the mind, you're waiting, but the waiting is meaningful. 
there's no timer. There's no external. That's that's right. the difference, right? That's right. the difference. Is there's no pressure. There's no pressure. In you're the, you're either going to die or you're not. But there's no pressure. But you could. We could sit there for two and a half minutes staring at each other, trying to deduce. <laughs> you know, at that point, you should probably just say stop and sort of reset the right. timer, right, right? Of of what you're doing. Um, but yeah, there's not that like, oh, please do something that mm-hmm. you have that you have in Magic Maze where you just want to throttle the other person. Well, yeah, and so that that mechanic, so Magic Maze, right? There's a timer counting down, yeah, and you're trying to get the other person to do something because you kind of have to implicitly know what to do and how to take turns, and 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 so you are dependent on the other person understanding quickly. Which makes you want to choke them. Well, right. And also because the, the other person is in your way. Like you right. need them to do something. They're obstructing to, you. They're obstructing you, right, <laughs> to, 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 for what you want to do. Um, so I, I think the mind is, is, could be one of these things that just becomes uh, like, oh, even though you don't speak, it still could be like an icebreaker game. Mm. Right? I mean, the, I guess the one problem with it is you're going to play up to four people. You know, ideally you want to have like six, seven people. And that type of a thing. But if you had a couple people, you know, and you say, all right, we're going to get into this. I think you could have quite a bit of, quite a bit of laughs. You also start over. It also, it, it, the one thing I'll say is that I think we were on like round seven when we just sort of put it aside. We were doing pretty well. Right. I thought we were doing, thought we were doing pretty good. And then when you do lose, kind of having to go back to the thing is like playing some, playing something where it's like, oh, I got to start at the beginning. Like you, you want to <laughs> just start where you were because those early rounds are... I don't know. I, f- I find it much more interesting to play with several cards in my hand mm-hmm. of, of like, okay, how do I sequence these? And it, in a way it gets easier in it. It gets harder, but kind of in a different way. In a way. So they captured this, this kind of fun social tension thing, but they also captured kind of the feel of like a Pac-Man generation arcade game, right? Like how so? Well, so it, it initially kind of starts off really simple and then it gets more and more interesting as it gets much, much harder, right? Because right. the more cards you have, kind of the more impossible the game is, essentially, right? Right. right. Um, and then you still have that, you know, you die and you boop, 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 yeah. and you go back to the beginning, yeah. right? And then you're just like, oh, now, yeah. I'm, now it's the easy part. Oh, I got to do the easy yeah. part. So we, we should try it, the four of us. It'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> I think, uh, like I said, I think it's so hard that there's no way to really feel like you're letting anyone down. Right. And it's silliness inducing. It, it really you just is. Have, just have a good time. Yeah. That might be an interesting one with a, uh, with some, uh, uh some beverages. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know how that would work. I, yeah, you'd be worse very quickly. <laughs> but as you know, I, I always like having, having some games in my house that I can pull out that I can teach in less than two minutes. And I feel like anyone would have a good time. You, you got to right. have those if you're going to be a game host. You know? Right. Right. So it, it's great for that. So yeah, that's, that's the mind I'm, I'm interested. It's up against, so there's different levels in the SDJ awards. This is against Azul. So the mind, oh. so the mind is competing against Azul and some other game that I don't know the name of with some cues in it. Another German game. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. That's in the other one. It's Luxor, which I don't really know much about Luxor. It's those three, the mind, Azul, and Luxor. Um, you've played Azul, you've played the mind. So mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. say that their mind is with Azul, but their heart is Ouch. with the mind Ouch. in terms of like, they like what the mind does in terms of, you know, sort of stretching what a game is, mm-hmm. but Azul totally fits into that slot of like, you know, this is a great, just well-designed. So hypothetically, if someone wanted to purchase this game with money, how would they do that? Is this, is this, so, some- I think it's coming, 
I don't think you can get it yet in North America. I, I could be wrong about that, but it will be out this year. Okay. So it will be distributed this year in North America. All right. So you'll be able to buy it wherever games Probably are Probably in sold the fall. This fall. Yeah. And right now you can. Well, you could go to Amazon it. DE or something. Okay. Yeah. The same with. Uh, with the dice game. Gotcha. Yeah, you could also get that off Amazon DE. That, all, that it's Gans Sean Cleaver. That's also getting a fall release. Uh, I'm be, not sure who's doing distribution on those. It's going to be clever, not clever. clever. It's not like okay. clowns will eat me sort of game. It's gotcha. That sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, just don't, I don't know German, so I shouldn't even try to pronounce it. <laughs> I should stop playing. I should stop trying. Um, yeah, so that's uh, both of those. Like Again, which I thought was interesting by the same designer because in the dice game, you have almost no connection with the other person. Like right. I said, I eat my sandwich and roll my dice, and then I look over and I say, oh, I'll take the purple too, right? And like, that's it. Uh, you know, whereas in the mind, it's all about connection. Mm -hmm. So very, very interesting to me that you have two games from the same designer in the same year that go for a completely different goals in terms of what they're trying to do socially with the players. Mm -hmm. I, I find that kind of fascinating. But I enjoy both of them quite, quite a bit. From the same mind. From the same mind. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'll get back. I'll talk about some of the other stuff I played. Uh, but let's hear what is going on yeah. with Tacoma. Well, so did you did you play Gone Home? Um, I started Steam? it. That was one of those where I played like an hour. Right. Yeah. I, so I know I know what it's like, but I, so, I don't know the narrative. Same, same, same folks. So this is uh, made okay. by, uh, I think it's Fulbright Games uh, or Fulbright. It's an exploration game, right? So Gone Home... Uh, it's been a long time since I played Gone Home, but Gone Home, you're coming home after from college from or something. college or something like that. Yeah, nobody's there. No one's there. You pull and out the drawers mm -hmm. and read notes and stuff like that. And it's very kind of puzzly in the sense that you kind of have to progress through reading the notes that have been left for you, um, and you're really kind of experiencing kind of a linear narrative through exploring the house and reading notes and trying to figure out what happened to the the folks that were there. Right, that was Gone Home. In Gone Home, yeah. So Tacoma's made by the same folks, or most of the same folks, same same studio. Um, but it's you're kind of showing up to a a, uh, a space station, <laughs> docking with a space station um, after some kind of tragedy has occurred, and, and essentially no one's there anymore. Uh, and so you're exploring the space station, and the so similar type of thing. Like yeah, no one else. There's no other characters that are you're gonna have dialogue with. You're not. So, sort of. Okay. So that, that's that, so that's where it holograms gets, or something. Yeah. So the this is it's set in 2088, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone uses these kind of AR systems, right? That uh, so <laughs> in the game, in the game, yeah, yeah. So you're you're this is a first person game. Yep. Um, you never see yourself. Like you don't see home. yourself. You're I walking see. around, and the the station has an AI that monitors everyone. Uh, and kind of tracks where they are. And so you can, in certain points of the game, replay historical things that happened in that section of the game. So you walk into a, a, okay. a room and you get this these kind of weird stick figure uh, diagrams of people, which are really supposed to be recordings of their kind of physical position for AR purposes, but okay. it's being replayed for you. Okay. And so you're basically walking around strangely shaped people because they're stick figures mm -hmm. um, that are talking and, and seeing the kind of dynamics going on. So there. rather than evoking other people through somebody's note in a drawer, like in Gone Home, this evokes other people through this like 
So there's that too, right? Oh, okay. So so there's there are, you, you're still exploring. You're still computer in terminal an, right, notes or something. Yeah, except the computer terminal is floating in front of you because it's everything's AR. But okay, so Minority Report. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort I of. Mean, that, yeah, 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 that's yeah. the yeah. Except it follows you when you walk around and you just tap things in the air. But then you know you also get people projected walking around that you can you can watch and then you you know as you progress through the history of what happened, which is surprisingly linear because you start somewhere near the beginning over here and yep. um you know you go through each of their rooms and you you know see kind of who's got you know a crush on who and who's dating who and what what's your goal you're trying to figure out what happened or so i because in gone home you're trying to figure out like where's my family well so what's your goal officially so you are like a repair person who's okay. like docking things right and the, and the so far i'm not what, done. what is your quest <laughs> I don't think you have one. Oh, like you, have a quest. you are kind of propelled through the game uh, as a contractor there to like huh. download bits of the AI, and so you're kind of um, like the the MacGuffin or, or whatever that keeps you moving through the game. Like you could just sit there and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, is you're doing your contractor job and you're downloading the AI through every kind of section of the game, right? So you go in and you dock this thing, and then you have nothing to do. So. <laughs> So you're just doing your job. So you're doing your job, but you're seeing this kind of narrative happen around. So, and it's, it's very kind of corporate criticism E, right? Like, so the, 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 the future, everyone is, is, uh, kind of working for, uh, one of these kind of mega hyper corporations and they're somehow funded. They're somehow paid through loyalty as a resource. And it's, it's, Okay. Obviously very like social criticism me. Um what 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 hooks you into this game though? Like what got you to keep playing it? Uh well so far it's just the 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 narratives and kind of seeing how that narrative goes and also there are lots of little kind of pseudo puzzles, right? There're like lots of little things to go reassemble and do that that don't really accomplish a whole heck of a lot in the, in the sense of the game. Okay. Um, so it is super passive. It feels even more passive than on gone home was right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, 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 if you stopped playing, it was probably cause like nothing was really kind of propelling you to play the game. I mean, I put, I do that with a lot of times with things I'll yeah. kind of see. And then I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I, I, I tend to want a little bit more than just to walk around. Although I should say I played firewatch and you just walk around, right. but firewatch, the, narrative is so compelling right that that hooks you i mean that's what firewatch does so well is that it hooks you right in with the, like why do you care like you, you feel like you're this guy right and I, I so 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 it sounds like you quit for two reasons one you're the kind of person who's able to quit things yes right and you right and you well <laughs> yep. no that's a that's i a, can put books down i can stop playing video games yes, right it's absolutely. a skill you're like this is a, actually no longer benefiting Well, because right? there's eight thousand other things out there i, I want to try i'm not judging yeah. you at all i'm no, just saying I, some people can't right some yeah. people don't have that ability and the other thing is maybe it didn't propel you as long i thought i thought gone home was great like what but it took me a while to think that <laughs> Because <laughs> initially you're not really kind of engaged with this narrative because you're really kind of far away from it, right? Um, I don't think I don't think Tacoma is as good, okay. right? Okay. Um, but the the things that would pull you into it is is just seeing all these kind of normal people in this weird situation, right? Because mm. it's kind of like uh, we're 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 the office people, right? Like, they're all like people with their own neuroses. I'll and, go watch the trailer at least. Yeah, it's, Check it, it, out. It, it it feels a little tense, right? Because like what happens to them right is the 
some accident happens and they lose most of the oxygen and they have to figure out how to, you know, freeze each other and Mm -hmm. escape. And it's tense, but it's all kind of, like I said, their, their personalities and, and, and that dynamic. So I've enjoyed it so far, but if you want to, if you want that kind of game game feedback it's not the game for you right? but i enjoyed firewatch a lot yeah yeah like yeah. a lot i mean i thought firewatch was firewatch was amazing was amazing you know <laughs> did we talk about that you know i don't know i don't think so man no because i played it a long so, time i think i played it before yeah i played it a long time ago so it's so good um I, yeah i, I everything about that i mean just the the tension of the story of like oh you know you i, I don't really don't want to give anything away in that at all right um but it plays with your mind, you know, that and, game. And it's quite beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you, the, the premise of it, right, is you have, you're, you're this, uh, I don't know what, probably 30, 40, no, probably 40 something guy, year old guy. Uh, his wife is sick and he ends up going and becoming a forest ranger in uh, a national forest or something in mm-hmm. Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And he's out doing, looking out for fires mm-hmm. and he has a walkie talkie. And he's talking with this woman on the walkie-talkie who's in a different tower. And that's his main point of communication throughout the game. And a lot of it is you just walking around and looking at stuff and kind of, you know, oh, go, go here, go there. And you're just very super linear. Like but, you're completely in a straight. But, but ten, tense things happen. Tense right? things happen. Yeah, yeah. It's... Tense things happen. And the pacing of it is inspired. I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's quite good. Yeah, so uh, the difference, I think, between Tacoma and Gone Home is I, I think Gone Home really kind of propelled you with the tenseness because the the tenseness was happening to you, like, <laughs> as a first person in the game, mm-hmm. whereas you're kind of an observer in Tacoma, right? Okay. Like, and you're seeing the tension, and yeah. you're like, wow, it, it sucks to lose all of your air. I bet you that's unpleasant. Like, you know, And so you're, you know, you're, you're sitting on your couch playing a video game of someone kind of walking around playing a video game almost right like it's 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 you're far enough away from it that the tension doesn't feel anywhere near as propulsive as as uh as firewatch so i think i'm thinking of this sort of game and the ones that i've super enjoyed Mm -hmm. the two that come to mind are firewatch and oxenfree yeah and both of those are because of the connections it makes between the characters yeah and and i i'm less inclined to get into one where i'm wandering around as like a disconnected solo person yeah, that, that's less interesting to me. It just doesn't pull me in the same way that watching this dialogue, uh, like you do in in either of those uh, Firewatch or, or Oxenfree. That that that's what really makes both of those work. I mean, because in Firewatch, if you did not have the walkie-talkie and talking to what are Delilah or whatever her name is, right, right, that would not nearly it would not be nearly as interesting, right? I mean, that's what makes the game. Um, the other thing in Firewatch that I think is is fantastic, and I I don't see much in games is it fast forwards the pacing for you, right? <laughs> so it's like day one and then day two and then day three, and then it goes to day X, which I won't say, but it, it's not just like, you know, you're not in control. Yes. You're, you're on a conveyor belt mm-hmm. in the game with, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're effectively watching a movie in, in right. a lot of ways, but it's like, and now we're going to fast forward and just kind of changing that is, is also pretty you know pretty interesting they're not making you suffer the monotony of like making your coffee in the fire tower every morning or whatever he's doing <laughs> so um yeah i really like that and i look forward to anything that those guys or women or the whole entire team right. i forgot the name of yeah, yeah. Of the, the folks the who, folks yes the folks at the fire the studio that made firewatch which i cannot think of the name of 
<laughs> I know they just got bought not too long ago, and whatever they come out with next, uh, definitely look forward to. Yeah. So, uh, Tacoma by Fulbright. Cool. Yeah, I'll take, fun, a, take a peek at that one. Yeah. And so I started, I started Assassin's Creed Origins as well, just quickly. I like it so far. It's really pretty. I know it's from what October, um, but I like to give things up. Sometimes I give things a while. Um, I had such a bad experience with some of the last series of uh, of the of this series of games. Like the original couple were were really fun. Yeah, and then they became kind of really grindy and not right fun. Right. <clears throat> uh, and I this, loved the one in Tuscany. Whatever yeah, one that yeah, one yeah. was, way back that was great. And then there was the pirate one mm-hmm. which i played for like three or four hours and i was like just totally not into i don't want to sail a boat i want to stab people that's i don't know it's just <laughs> but i've heard origins is 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 great and i would definitely think about it looks like it has better writing yeah um and it, it, it looks good and the, the gameplay has been really good so far so just two cents if you're looking for something it's probably dis. it's definitely discounted if you go buy it. it's not discounted right now in the playstation store okay um but if you go buy like a physical copy it's like 30 bucks now did you get i forgot what it's called did you get that museum mode or whatever i've been talking about so did that you, come with it you asked me about this and i haven't looked for it yet because okay. i really haven't spent that much time okay um on it i've probably spent three or four hours okay kind of after work in vegetative mode um but uh i shall i shall investigate okay cool um like i said i have played a little bit of dungeon of the endless which is a couple years old at least sort of a odd hybrid are you, are you familiar with this no. game? no so you're it's a you're on a crashed spaceship and it's a roguelike tower defense rpg oh okay uh, you were t- i think you were telling me that this is the one where it regenerates the the puzzle the basically the tower defense i don't know if i told you about this because oh, i don't okay. i don't know if i don't know if i played this since we like chatted since you were gone for a okay. week or whatever i don't think um but you have two characters and you know there's a resource management element to it like you would have in a tower defense game of like you know getting your stuff to build right turrets or whatever you know so you're building defense for the different rooms in this crash spaceship that you're repowering and aliens are coming in but your your characters also can level up and and get things you know get equipment and etc et so you have to run is this one of the ones where you have to like run around as a little person between the towers or is this no so you're a you're a effectively a cursor okay right? you're, you're, you're a cursor you're a cursor you can move the cursor around <laughs> and so you do not actually control the two people in a micro way so you don't fire their gun or whatever you just say go here and then right. they'll fight if they're there so you can All almost right. think of the characters and you can tell them to use their special power you can kind of think of the characters in a way as like you know your your mega defense mm-hmm. things right that can go and fight the aliens and you're trying to protect like the the, the crystal it's got the style of like you know pixely art that i love like mm-hmm. i mean i i pretty much will play just i'm i'm pretty pathetic that way i'll play pretty much anything with, with pixely art. so there is there is a theme that that will capture you and it's pixely art that's the theme i i am if it is pixely art i'm more likely to like it than than not for whatever reason i don't know i just it's that retro thing really sinks its hooks in me um I, i've only played it a little bit i need to I need to play it some more, but it does not have much in the way of tutorial. It does not really hold your hand. Mm. I feel like this is a game that I will like and really get into because it's, it's figuring out a system, right? It's all about figuring out like, Oh, how does this work? And you figure all this stuff out. Like, and then once you kind of 
figure everything out after you've played it for 20 hours or whatever, you're like, okay, I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. You know, but it does have different, there's a, I believe there is a progression element, like a meta progression where, okay, you got this far, then you get stuff to apply to unlock the next spaceship, which maybe is more difficult in this Mm -hmm. way or whatever. Um, And I like, I think the difficulty levels when you start off were easy and really easy. (laughs) I'm not sure what that means, but it's definitely one of those games that it's not holding your hand and it's just sort of like, here you go, figure it out, which can be frustrating, but also can be interesting if you can manage to get over that learning, that Mm. learning curve. So, um, yeah, play a little, little bit of that. I don't, I, no way can I review to really say how I feel, but I want to, I do want to play a bit more of that. Yeah. Just curious. Did you, have you watched any of the E3 trailers at all? I have not. Okay. I've just, I've listened to a couple of the Kotaku split screen right, podcasts, right. just talking about some things and, and following uh, Kirk and Jason on, on Twitter and, you know, getting some of their thoughts. I don't think what, what, drew, what uh, grabbed you? Um, well, so <laughs> you sent me something. I can't remember what it was. What did I send you? I don't remember. Did I send you something? You sent me something uh, from E3 from E3. I thought you did. Maybe not. Oh, um, well, so, oh, um, oh crap. What is it? Um, the new, um, the new, there's a new, there's a, there's a lot of kind of footage trailery stuff for the new game from, uh, the studio that made Witcher, right? Oh, from, that's uh, what you said. Yes, that's what you sent me. Which is a, a cyberpunk, cyberpunk game. Cyberpunk. Which cyberpunk. looks, yeah, it's like Cyberpunk 2077. It looks amazing. It, oh my God, I just, I don't even have words. It, like, looks, it, it looks incredible. I'm going to have to buy a 4K TV and, and <laughs> everything just to play this game on because it looks amazing. Well, and, and that team is making it. Yeah, no. So I, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it turns out bad, it will be like the biggest tragedy of all time. Like it looks, it looks freaking amazing. It's insta buy. Uh, yeah, and like I would buy it right now. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't pre-order games anymore. Um, so the the only other thing that I'm personally really excited about is there was another trailer for um, Last of Us Two. Um, right. So Which this just is, had its fifth year anniversary. Last of Us, I believe. I read it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Seventeen million sold. Yeah, pretty good. I love that first game a lot. Um, the all right, that's my resolution for this year. I will play that game. You play that game. I will play Last of Us this you year. You play that game. Yep. Um, so the 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 reason why I was looking forward to it and and a bit apprehensive um, is the first trailer. Um, the 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 first trailer was just like you know a uh, uh, make people gasp kind of trailer. Like oh my god, look at who's on the TV. Um, but it was it was amazing. The second trailer was like essentially all ultraviolence. Like it was all like, um, it was widely kind of criticized um, as kind of a way to release kind of a, a trailer for that game. This this trailer is not all ultraviolence, so so I like it a lot better. Um, and this I, is for what? For Last of Us Two. Oh, Last of Us Two. Yeah, yeah. That so um, it looks very promising. So. Um, so anyway, that was my excitement and my and my kind of apprehensiveness because I don't want them to mess up this game. Because <laughs> yeah, I need to. It's hard for me to. I don't get into watching those trailers a whole lot because the the delivery horizon for most of that stuff is so far off with delays and everything. That right. I, it's. I don't know. It's the same thing even with board games. As much as I I love that, like I do not until I can get my hands on it or play it somewhere. Right. I kind of don't care. Well, and also. It's all it's vaporware until it delivers. Exactly. Well, especially especially, <laughs> especially with video games. games. Yeah. Especially with video games is is like it may never come to pass. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just just not not as much um, 
Have you tried Slay the Spire yet? No. I really need to, I don't know. You need to try. It might not be your thing at all, but I, they just came out with the third character on that. And, uh, I've been playing it on Steam Early Access and I, yeah, it's not even like the final release yet. And I've played it more hours than probably anything else in the last couple of years. So, uh, I just really, really enjoy that one. Um, so kind of on some of that theme and and what pulls in the thought I I was having the other day was, uh, like I mentioned on the Dyson men, uh, guild on bgg they asked the question like what's your favorite theme and i was sitting there thinking about it i was like i don't think i have an answer because and it's not because i like all the themes it's more because for for board games theme doesn't really matter like i like choices in games i like interacting mm-hmm. you know like those are the things that really matter to me i, I don't just get into a game because like oh it's star wars and i can play with my toys or you know, little Star Wars figures, or some people get into. But there, are, there are Arkham people. themes, and yeah. people go crazy for the Hellboy <laughs> Kickstarter or the Batman Kickstarter. And to me, a lot of that stuff is just like, you know, like people playing with toys rather than is this a great game? Like those themes don't matter. I mean, I'll play. I love abstract games, you know. Whereas in video games, I, I feel like theme matters a whole heck of a lot more to me and maybe that's just because all the pixels are moving or or whatever yeah i'm looking at your shelf yeah, your I, shelf is entirely theme oh well almost well, all theme. It, it's you know i two multiple arkham's eldritch yeah. like you know i i i do like that kind of cthulhu-esque right uh world it's mostly themes um it's almost all themes I'm I'm super themey. but do you get real into that with video games as well like like do you like the cyberpunk game more because of the theme they're going for or because it's CD project red. I mean, I probably cause it's CD project red. Like right. I, they could make a game about right. like gardening, gardening. And I would be like, this is going to be freaking amazing <laughs> okay. right? because the okay. narrative that's right. going to happen, the writing for the garden and the look and the, they're going to make it, right. they're going to make it fun. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think, I think it matters, right? Like it's, I think it's easier to get people to pull non gamers in. Yes, absolutely. To things with theme. Right. And, and, um, but I kind of feel like it's a, it's a gimmick. It's a ploy. Like it's not a substitute for a well developed product. That's true. Right. But, right. It, it, it does bring something there. Right. When you, when you're, so you were, you were playing a lot of the, um, the Star Wars, um, Rebellion. Was that the one? I, I get the, I get them confused. The, the big giant. The big, board game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I played like three times. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, like, Yes, I played that game and it had a draw because it does feel like Star Wars in a box. It's cinematic. It's fun. Right. And, Absolutely. and you get to have kind of that kind of Jedi experience, right? Like it's well, that, that one isn't so much a Jedi experience. That one's more of like, you know, the the rebel cause and right. empire and it's more of that sort of political and missions and that whole thing. You know, I'm thinking of like Twilight Imperium. Like Twilight Imperium, I mean, I don't really care about the the world of Twilight Imperium. Right, the reason that 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 I'll sit there and play a game eight hours in a day like that is because it seems it feels like only three hours have gone by, and all of the like strategy and interaction that I've had with the other five other people at the table is like incredible. But so, it's but, not about the theme. Well, but so okay. But you're right. We could not sit there and play Go for eight hours. Right. Like yeah. so. Okay. Look at the the game that we played that you introduced me to a, a while ago. That was hyper kind of historical. Um, Oh, oh Pax Renaissance. Yeah, Pax Renaissance. That's like my favorite game. Like, that is, that is a super theme game, right? Like, 
it, if you if you take out all the the Renaissance themes, like what do you have? Right, you have you have amazing mechanics. You do have good mechanics, but come on, you you like you like the theme. You do. I I think a little bit. I do, but it's not like <laughs> it's not like I'm some scholar of of no. of West. That's of, why of it's European fun. History. That's why it's fun. That's one of the reasons why it's fun. Sure, the mechanics are good, right? I don't disagree. No, but if that game were set. In you know the Han Dynasty of China, which I know nothing about, right? I, and it was that same game. I would still get into it, but it's it. still a historical thing. What I'm saying is, oh, if, you, sure, if you scrape yeah. off all that stuff and it's just like symbols, right? I got the okay. So symbol. fair enough. So what's my favorite theme? History. Okay, right. fine. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good enough. I'm not trying to get you. I'm just saying like there is there's a theme aspect to that game that you enjoy, right? It's not. It's not a. Yes. It's not. It's not a. Uh, uh, you know, a Hellboy or some sort of kind of. I would th- like it less if it were comic book. Right. Yes. Yeah. I would. Yeah. You. You know. So that, that's true. I prefer. Well, and <laughs> I'm just thinking of the other few games I was going <laughs> to chat about here. I. I like that hyper realism mm-hmm. type of theme that, that is grounded in history or some type of mm-hmm. real experience. Mm-hmm. Um, much more than I'm, than I like to, you know, play a space theme. I mean, that, that stuff's fine, but even like Twilight Imperium is kind of out there as it is with all these different races, there's a story and it, it, the, that world has its own history. It's not a real history, but there's a world. Somebody mm-hmm. has built the world where the Hakan are, you know, the, the traitors of the empire and you have, you know, the necrovirus, you have all these different races that combine. And I'm not even well versed in the history of, of that or the, the lore of that world, I should say. But I do enjoy things when I feel like the theme is there for a reason and it's integrated well. But I certainly don't need to have a theme to enjoy a game. Like it's not in right. any way necessary. Right. You can play chess. Yeah, chess I, lo- I, love ab- I love abstracts. Right. And, and so is, are you just, to a certain extent, are you just reacting on, against tacked on themes? Right, I, I just, guess. just, just like kind of like we're gonna smush I'm, Superman on top of Monopoly. I'm, or- I'm, I will admit, I'm a absolute 100 percent hater of Kickstarters <laughs> that just toss minis in to get people to pay 180 dollars for minis. Right, it right. just, it just pisses me off. Like the whole thought of it, because I feel like they're turning, um, they're they're turning like my hobby that I enjoy into toys. Well, and they're turning it into a vector for selling. These licensed licensed junk yeah is you know yeah. and, and it's hard because sometimes they're they're good but i i don't know and i don't really want to it's hard for me to like judge i just every time i see another one of these kickstarters make three million dollars with you know a billion minis and add-ons for a licensed ip i just cringe and it's just you know there's a fallout game you know that's already discounted down to like 30 bucks right. like a fallout board game right and i'm like do we really need a fallout board game I, I don't know. Like what? Well, so yeah. Why do I, we need that? I, <laughs> I do. so the upside, right. Is it might. So the, the, I, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree slightly. I, I actually agree with your aesthetic, right? Like if you're going to play board games, you just play a board game. And if there's a good theme that meshes well with the board game, that makes it more awesome. You might actually play a little bit longer and pull more people in. Yeah. The, the, the reason why the world, why I'm, I'm, the reason why I don't buy the Kickstarter Fallout board game 
<laughs> Although Hellboy, I think you were like, ooh, that looks... I, I did not spend the money, but I was like, ooh, You're that tempted. looks pretty sweet. I am tempted. I own all of the... I own all of Hellboy and library editions. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but, um, but I did not buy that, mainly because, you know, I, I, I need more space in my house. Um, but I... Where, <laughs> You were talking about how theme does pull people and you were disagreeing slightly. Well, so my, my slight disagreement is the, the only upside is that maybe it brings someone back to board games, right? Or tabletop gaming that was not there, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it expands the community a little bit. Yep. And maybe, you know, we can kind of, I don't want to say bait and switch, but maybe this will be their in. They're like, wow, I came back and I played the, the what was your example? It was Fallout, Fallout board game, yeah. right? And I was like, yeah, I, I, I like board games again. And, and maybe that will be their introduction, right? Yeah. Like that is, that I think is the upside of that sort of thing. But yes, it is kind of heartbreaking when you see all these people that spend a lot of time and thought building really kind of amazing games like Azul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and did they have a Kickstarter? No, no. But they probably didn't make, you know, three or four million. <laughs> I mean, out it's, of the it's blue. sold. I don't know how much it sold, but I'm sure it sold extremely well. Okay, well, yeah. so maybe that's a bad example, but yeah. it's it's a little heartbreaking when you see all these people spend a lot of time, energy, and and whatever um, of their life to make a good actual board game, a yeah. tabletop game, and then see someone else kind of swoop in and they have a license deal and they make a bunch of money, right? Like that. I, the, that the Batman that, that game feels might be gross. awesome. The Hellboy game might yeah. be awesome. It's just those aren't appealing to me, and that's. That's fine. And like I said, it's not, I'm not going to go and, you know, crap on someone else if, if like they want to play that. I mean, that's, that's cool. And I would probably even give it a shot if, if they had it. It's just right. not something, I, I just cringe a little bit because I don't want IP and, and plastic toys to be a substitute for a well developed mechanic. Exactly. That, that's that's the thing. That's yeah, why yeah. I'm at. I will say that that this does cut the other way as well, which I can also find. <laughs> I would just say I can find frustrating. So a lot of the guys that I play with on Tuesday, quite a few. There's a few of them, and in, in our group's been growing. It's been pretty sweet. Um, but there's a few of them that are, you know, they want to play historical war games. Like that's right. that's their jam, right? And that's that's cool. And so there's there's this game that I pre-ordered called Root by designer Cole Worley, and Cole's done. Uh, very historical games. Like one is called uh, An Infamous Traffic, which is about the opium trade to China, you know, back in the whatever, 1800s or whatever. He's done John Company, which is about the East India Company. He's done Pax Pamir, which is about Afghanistan with uh, Russia and, and England, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, extreme, you know, he's extremely well, you know, researched and, and scholarly and, and all that sort of stuff. And his games are, are super interesting, very heavy. But he's got this game coming out called Root which is the mechanics of some of these heavier games, like, like these coin mechanics, the counterinsurgency mechanics, mm-hmm. but it's a counterinsurgency game with woodland creatures. Mm-hmm. So there's like birds and raccoons and all these things. And I'm kind of waiting to see. <laughs> Your group's going to be like, what is this garbage? Exactly. Because I'm going to be like, because if, if you can only play a game because it's about the Franco-Prussian War or whatever, right? And, and like you, you don't want to get into the mechanics because it's woodland creatures and that looks like some sort of kid's game. That's also kind of bullshit. So, you know, I mean, I I, I think bullshit's strong, but I, it's it's your aesthetic, right? Like, and and I I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, here's a guy with a pedigree of some incredibly well regarded, well researched historical games, right? And he's trying to adapt that to a to a different thing, which I'm surprised he's doing. And I'm like, I'll this is a guy that I'll probably get into any game he produces because I know he's 
you know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting that he's going this way. So I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll back it because, hey, maybe I can get my kids into playing, a, <laughs> playing this type, this style of a game because of the woodland creatures. Who knows? Right. Right? So there, there is a, there's a saying in the kind of the fan world, right? About, and I, I'm going to butcher it, but there are people that, that say, you know, you don't try to judge other people's kind of form of fanishness, like what their fan boys, sure. girls, persons, yeah. whatever's up. I don't know what the term is anymore, but like the fan peoples, yeah. right? You, <laughs> the fan you, folks. The fan folks, right? Like you you try not to judge, like it's not like, who cares? Like if you're really into Batman, good for you, yeah, right? Exactly. Like it, but, and and so where, where I'll agree and disagree, right, is to say that this game is bad because there's woodland critters is stupid. Right. That is bullshit. But if, the, but, but if you're really into historical whatever and sure. that's what you want to play and this is woodland creatures... It's also That's it's awesome. also fine to be like yeah I don't want to play the woodland creatures right? right so anyway right it's kind of like when you when you go to the bookstore right and there's the different books and you, there, there are different books in the bookstore <laughs> they they are appealing the cover matters so much because Set, the mm. the cover is setting mm-hmm. the audience that is going after yeah and the section of the bookstore is actually setting the audience but even even if they were on a big pile mm-hmm. you could figure out. Yeah. Who the audience is by looking at the cover. Is Fabio on the front? Well, I mean, that's an extreme example. <laughs> well, but it's an example. It's an right? example, sure. But but you can tell the level of like pulp genre versus mm-hmm. is it going for literature? You can tell more gender what they're targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know, you can tell if it's targeted more towards a historical thing. I mean, all these things by the art that they choose. Mm-hmm. I wonder, has anyone done a that would be a fascinating thing to to do alternate covers? Oh yeah, there's a lot of that. Oh, I'm sure that, that's kind of fascinating stuff, and just see how how different it is. And <laughs> I bet people would read books that. Oh, of course, a lot of people just do the eBooks, or whatever. But you judge so much by that art, right? Um, whereas you don't do that with music, right? I mean, I don't. Sure, there's Norwegian death metal that you might I, be there's like. There's no album art. I mean, the, so these days, right? Like back in the day, you'd have the the your vinyl, right? And you'd have this big giant pile of art, and you didn't think that mattered. That definitely mattered. It mattered a lot. Yeah. No, I guess it does. Yeah, and then even the CD days, you had these enormous like vertical CD things, and you had. But I've picked out books. Absolutely, I've picked out books at the bookstore based on like i've sort of self-selected like oh, okay this looks like it's for me and you've avoided things and i've avoided things yeah, that look like yeah. they're not for me whereas i don't know how much i would do that with music because i don't feel like i'm making i'm more going into the music store knowing what i want i think is probably right i'm not doing as many blind buys but say you were 12 right yeah and you weren't yes you're right right you're like, right, like, you're like, right. Like, yeah or you were new to you're right um I discovered what was it sludge metal or something at work. The other day. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't even know how to describe. Um, um, but like, I don't know that genre, right? And so you're going to go look at these things, and either yeah. you're going to use social, um, some sort of social validation, right? Yeah. Uh, or you're going to look at the freaking album covers, <laughs> right? Right. No, I could talk about theme and media for endless hours. I, I find it kind of a fascinating uh, topic, and and how designers choose. Themes. I mean, my favorite designer is uh, Rainer Knizia. He's you know designed over like 500 games, and mm-hmm. he's just totally infamous and you know praised and slammed simultaneously for his themes suck. They don't really like. They're just not. <laughs> he just does not make thematic games, right? I mean, he's a math mind, and I love his games like Through the Desert and Tigers and Euphrates and these games that there's like no theme going on at all. It's just pure like putting your brain into it and that's why that's why he's my probably my favorite designer so um yeah but that's that that's 
That's my two cents there. I'll, I'll probably have ninety eight more cents later. I don't know. That's a lot of cents. A lot of cents. We're gonna we're gonna have like a special cents episode. Right. So one one last one last one I wanted to mention. Uh, Stacey and I played this the other night. Very interesting. Talking about hyper realistic themes here. That's why I feel like it. it it's fits. going going to the bank and paying your mortgage. No, it's called Days of IR Budapest nineteen fifty six. So oh. this is about the. Um, this is about the student and intellectual uh, revolt in Budapest, Hungary, in 1956 mm-hmm. against the Soviet occupation um, that was successful for a week and then was you know, uh, put down after that. It was, and they were fighting against uh, General Zhukov with the, with the Soviet things. There's a ton of historical stuff in this game. Uh, it's a couple years old, 2016, by Cloud Island Games. There's three designers, and I'm not even going to attempt to butcher their, their names because I'm sure I will. It's uh, Nimmerfro, Turchi, and... V- Mihaly Vincha. I'm not entirely sure, but anyway, <laughs> we're, we're we're sorry. We are sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. You probably won't ever hear this, but I'm sorry that I just destroyed your name. So this this is an interesting take. It's very realistic. That there's it's a can be a co op and can be against each other depending how you play it. So you can either play one person plays the Soviet and the state protection forces, and then up to three other people play cooperatively against them, and it's asymmetric in that. The people playing the 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 insurrection are uh, playing sort of like a kind of like a pandemic style co-op. I mean, more interesting than pandemic uh-huh. in terms of mechanically what's going on, but that type of a thing where your heavy actions move around, resources, etc. Right. Whereas the person playing the 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 forces, the, the police and the Soviet forces are they're playing a completely different type of hand management game, like utterly different what they're doing right so you can play like that stacy and i played it we we were both playing against the game so they have a way you can play it where you the game can play the as a bot right so you can play co-op you can play co-op you and you can also play one versus many or you can play one versus one so really interesting that you can you can play it like that a lot of historical stuff so it's got um this sort of map of budapest and you know, where you can move around and, you know, there's militia and, and tanks, et cetera, barricades. And, and there's your characters, but your resources are the cards you have in your hand, which you would expect in that style of a co-op. Right. But the other thing that was really different and super cool was every spot has fighters. And these fighters might be a doctor or might be a person with a radio or might be, hmm. you know, someone who has guns. And so you have different resources of like first aid, of bullets, uh, ammo, of transportation, of radio or of food, mm. right? And so to resolve the different events that are going on in the different places, you're moving around and playing cards from your hand and you can have these fighters come with you with historical names is my understanding. These are like actual students and, oh, okay. and such like actual people, right? They don't have their pictures or anything, but it's just silhouettes. And so you have these like, you know, can move around with you and, and having them, you know, so you might be moving around with a doctor and a, and a guy with a, with a gun right from the different places mm-hmm. and it's just got a really cool tension to it um a lot of interesting choices i mean one of my big beefs with the pandemic style of co-op a lot of times is it feels kind of automatic of what you should do mm-hmm. and this doesn't have that because the different fighters that you can activate can have different things you know different abilities and the cards in your hand you just have a lot of choice in terms of how you want to resolve what's going on and there's a lot going on um I we only played it the one time the other night and I I got a nice deal on it used off an auction and it's you know it's the sort of thing where it's like hey do you want to play the 1956 revolution in Hungary it's like hmm, yeah, it seems a little heavy you know um, would you like to do homework for six hours yeah no but it 
I mean, we, we really got into it. And I think, you know, that's the sort of thing where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, get Stacey yeah, yeah, into this yeah. just because it's whatever, but it's just that heavy, oppressive sort of thing. But it is, it is super interesting, really well designed. And, um, I definitely think we should give it a shot. I think, I yeah. think, I think you would, I think you would totally, uh, you'd like it. I've heard it's incredibly hard with four people on the same side because unlike pandemic where each of you gets, um, your own actions in this, the entire team gets They're four combined. actions to split. Uh, so it's, it can get quite difficult as my, as my understanding. Maybe not very fun when you don't get any action sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it's, it's really cool. So that's days of ire Budapest, 1956. Um, I really want to try that one out one V one as well. I think it'd be interesting to kind of play the other side. Um, yeah, so cover that. And I got some other ones we can, we can cover next time. And, uh, just been a lot of, a lot of good stuff. I, like I said, I picked up a few things on auction. My Tuesday night group, we've been playing some playing some new stuff uh, people have been bringing that, instead of the same old. So I'm impressed. I'm good. impressed about how much you've been actually playing given that it's summer, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, it's some of these things, like I said, we've been playing the dice game during the during lunchtime. Right. I do my Tuesday night. Like on Tuesday night, this last Tuesday, I think I played like five games. Jeez. So it was, you know, usually get that in and i've also been a little bit more successful in just finding some local folks that you know like i got a couple different guys that i've met that are interested in learning pax renaissance so i've been doing that right um yeah so i i think i've just between like doing stuff with my my kids and then the gaming we do at home and i've been reaching out it's kind of been yeah it has been a lot it's been almost every day sometimes but uh i don't know it's been fun Enjoy it. We have a lot going on in the house. The bathrooms are all getting done. Plumbing, it's been noisy. So it's like, you know, I just need to get out of the house after listening to all that. It's been, <laughs> it's been all right. All the banging and stuff. Well, we'll uh, one of these times we need to get together and, 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 and knock out some more uh, Pandemic Legacy. Yep. But... We're getting close. We had a nice couple. We had a nice we had a nice run of games last time. So hopefully we'll be finishing that this summer. Yeah. Do you remember what, do you remember what, uh, what month we're in? I think we're going into September. I think we just won August. All right. So, so we're, we have four left. Yeah. Well, That's great. Closing it down. Yeah. So everyone, thanks again for listening. Reach out uh, to me with any ideas for show at Kegs on Twitter. Uh, this is Context Free. Signing off. Bye. Our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Check out Lorenzo's Music at lorenzosmusic.com. Context Free is a, is a contrarian content production. Uh, find out more along with our various detailed, wonderful show notes that contain lots of links about pretty much everything we discuss at contextfree.fm. Thanks.